What's up, world? Welcome to Cruelty-Free Conversations. I'm your host, Indigo Mateo, coming to you from the Mojave Desert of Southern California. And this is my kickoff episode. This is the inaugural one, uh, so I'm really excited. I'll be taking this time with this episode, uh, tell you all about the podcast, why I decided to bring it to life, what I have planned with the future of the podcast, including one main element I wanted to include from the get-go of creating this, but COVID threw a wrinkle into that plan, so I'll still be rolling it out eventually, keeping that part low-key. Uh, it's not the most unique or groundbreaking thing, but I feel it's a little uh, unique to this podcast and what I'm doing with it. So I'm trying to keep that in the DL until I can break it out. And so this episode, I'll be telling you about who I am, uh, what I've been doing out there on the planet, and why I'm doing this podcast, what I hope you get out of it, uh, because, you know, some of you know who I am, but hopefully as this grows, a majority of you do not know who I am personally, and uh, so I definitely want to let you know what I've been doing and uh, who I am and what I'm about, so... That's going to be a little bit of what I'm doing with this episode, along with first guest, first interview of Cruelty Free Conversations, my boy and hip hop artist Ziggy Braun from right here alongside me in the Mojave Desert. We had a really fun time cooking up some vegan ravioli out of his kitchen. He's not vegan himself, but that's one thing I want to mention about this podcast. Not all the guests are going to be vegan. I uh, don't want to just isolate it to vegan guests. Uh, just guests that are open-minded uh, to eating vegan food, uh, talking about just creativity and getting stories from individuals, uh, how they got to where they were, setbacks and things they had to overcome. Hopefully you get some inspiration, maybe it will resonate with you where you're at in your life. I'm going to have a diverse set of guests. So uh, it's going to be a, a lot that you could take from it. Maybe some episodes will be more your style and other ones. Uh, who knows? Maybe you won't vibe with as much. But one thing I'm always going to give you is quality, quality guests uh, that are out there doing good things for the planet. That's basically what cruelty free conversations is. Good people doing good things. Uh, for the planet. So good conversations with good people doing good things for the planet is what it is. So that's what I'm going to be bringing you. So some of the upcoming guests besides the kickoff episode today with Ziggy will be uh, Dr. Will Tuttle, who wrote the World Peace Vegan Diet uh, and 16 languages that's been published. And they're rolling out more editions in other languages, including Spanish, Portuguese, so he's a legend of the vegan movement. So I was really excited to get some time with him. Nice 45, 50 minute conversation. Just a very insightful human being. And that will be releasing uh, today's Monday, the kickoff episode. I will be releasing the Dr. Will Tuttle one on Friday. Be looking at releasing two a week for you guys, especially as I kick off because I've already got uh, five or six recorded and some more coming. Also, Eternal Monk from up in Oakland. Uh, man, what I say first, he's a vegan WNBF pro. He's a motivational speaker, transformational coach, but he's also got a really unique story behind his evolution that every time I hear it, it hits the same. And we had a fantastic conversation about an hour and a half. I'll be breaking that one up into a couple segments. And then also Danielle Durack, already recorded with her, singer-songwriter out of Arizona, a Phoenix, Scottsdale area right there. We had some great conversation about creativity and uh, 
what it's kind of like being a creator right now and adapting with COVID. Uh, you'll kind of get that with some of the guests early on since we're in that time right now. Uh, maybe some of you, you know, maybe hit some little bit of ruts or ebbs and flows or you find that momentum and then lose it a little bit because of this weird time that we're in. I know I've had those uh, problems a little bit. I've had to, you know, adapt. So we've talked about that as a creator. Uh, another guest that I had that will be upcoming already recorded is Chef Joey Haynes out of North Dakota. First ever vegan restaurant. He's the co-owner and head chef out there of North Dakota's very first vegan restaurant. So he's a risk taker, definitely. And I was excited to interview him. And it was a fantastic conversation as well. We had actually never talked in person uh, or even at all, really just online, Instagram. Uh, we connected at some point and I saw the food that he was making, uh, the fact that he cooked with love, which is a common theme you get from people who make really good food. And we actually talked about that in that episode. So I'll be releasing these exact dates more to come, getting them all edited up and ready for you. And of course, who else have we had? We got uh, Lee Pereira coming up. I'll be interviewing with him. He's an award-winning musician out of Phoenix as well. Ran 16 marathons in 16 days. 16 marathons in 16 days, twice. Uh, that's incredible. And he did it for children's charities. So not even a... Uh, you know, a personal thing. I mean, it's definitely a personal battle while you're doing it, but the man did it for something, uh, such a great cause. So I'm looking forward to having a conversation with him. And a lot of these guests I've met have come from me traveling, doing my profession as an MC, comedian, public speaker. I've been fortunate to start traveling around to vegan festivals the last several years, starting in 2017. And now I've been part of almost 20 of them in four states, including right here in California, uh, Nevada, did the Las Vegas one a couple times, Arizona, Albuquerque. So I've been fortunate to build a nice little network of you know, influ influential vegan uh, educators, speakers, entertainers, a variety. And you're going to see that, especially here the first several episodes. So that's what I want to really pump out with this podcast is just good information for people. It's not to force veganism on anybody. It's just to provide insight from inspiring individuals who have their own stories. And that's what I'll be tapping into a lot with these guests, not just what they're doing now, but how they got to where they are, what made them go vegan if they are, uh, or just you know, what it is specifically about their story, like sh what it was like for uh, Chef Joey to open that first restaurant with no vegan scene. So each guest will have kind of individual unique elements to them that will definitely touch on. So each episode is unique and I'll be taking a break here in a moment and then we'll get to another segment where I'm going to break down myself and what I've been doing, how I've met some of these guests. And uh, again, just what I've been doing, because it's been a lot. I've really broken out to do a lot of different things. I finally learned to kind of balance it all. And also with this podcast, speaking of balance and other topics I'll be covering at the end of segments, uh, what's on Matt's mind. And it probably tie into something that I've talked to one of the guests about. Uh, example, Danielle Durack, during that episode, speaking with her, she mentioned something about back to the basics. And I love that because that's been on my mind. I told a few people, hey, right now it's time to get back to the basics. Uh, it's been something I wanted to uh, really speak on, elaborate more. It's going to do it with the podcast. So when she mentioned that, perfect. Tie that into that episode. 
And so you, you'll see some, again, uniqueness out of each episode. Won't be so monotonous. I want to give you some fresh stuff every time. And I've got a plethora of podcast <laughs> guests that I'm going to be tapping into, a lot that have already agreed to it. So I'm excited knowing uh, there's so many, so many upcoming great guests, including the ones that we've already gotten to uh, record and interview. So I'm going to take a little break. And I'll be right back with you guys. And we're going to discuss what I've been doing and what I plan to do some things. Not everything. <laughs> Got to move silently with something. So take a moment. Be right back. All right, welcome back to Cruelty Free Conversations. Again, I'm your host, Indigo Mateo, and this is the inaugural kickoff episode coming to you out the Mojave Desert of Southern California. And this is the quarantine kickoff, inaugural initial episode happening during quarantine, during lockdown. Got my spark during the quarantine. But this is uh, something, a podcast project I've been wanting to bring for a while. Been wanting to do that. Uh, just trying to figure out some more unique elements to add in there to not just bring the same thing. Wanted to bring some insight and inspiration, uh, just, you know, wisdom maybe. Some of these guys have, you know, very insightful things to say. Finally found some of those aspects. One of the main elements that I plan to incorporate in this podcast got thrown off by COVID. So uh, if you listen to the intro, mention that a little bit. And I'll be rolling that part about uh, eventually. Don't want to mention too much what it is. So just keep that low key, but still got some great stuff coming. These interviews, I've already done about five or six that I'll be rolling out over the next couple of weeks to kick things off. Again, I mentioned in the intro, today's interview will be Ziggy Braun, hip hop artist and foodie uh, out here in the Mojave Desert with me. A uh, great guy. Uh, he's not vegan himself, but foodie. Again, he loves food and he uh, was very open-minded. So the guests that I have that aren't vegan when I do, you know, are open-minded guests. This isn't the force veganism on anybody, whether the guest or the listeners is just to provide uh, something you may find valuable. So that's what it is. I want people hopefully to get something out of it. Some of these guests, you know, might be fitness related. It might be creators, might be educators and about the environment, about veganism. So each guest going to be unique. Um, and I met them. These are a variety of guests. This will be a perfect time to tap into what I've been doing and who I am. Uh, Cause these guests come from a variety of places, uh, different outlets and avenues that I've uh, been working. So currently, uh, well, I've always done stand up comedy since 2009. I started stand up comedy. 2009 February and ever since then it's just it's branching to other things I've always had a deep love for stand-up comedy when I was younger as far back as I can remember it was I loved watching it even if I was a little down and out as I got older it was always my thing to turn to uh, George Carlin even as a kid uh, was someone always really enjoyed and admired his way of breaking down the English language and just how intelligent and funny he was so I eventually just ended up doing it myself through a lot of different uh, things, much deeper than that. But eventually I started doing it myself. I still do it. But it also led to other endeavors. You know, when you start something, you never know what doors might open. And 
especially with something like public speaking. It can open so many doors for so many different uh, industries of speaking. So stand-up comedy was the first thing I started doing, and that led me to, and let me make note too, I started stand-up comedy again in February of 09. I had went vegetarian in October of... Yeah, 2008, the year before, so just a several months before that. And what led me to going vegetarian was I read a book by Russell Simmons called Do You. At the time, I was looking for some changes. Something in me was just seeking to kind of evolve, to hit another level, to develop some substance. I just felt I was looking for something. Picked up that book, and a lot of what he was saying resonated with me. Uh, the thing was, wasn't necessarily about veganism. It really wasn't at all. It was mostly just about uh, operating your tr in, with your true authentic self, whether business, personal life, and uh, just advice from you know great entrepreneur like Russell Simmons. But there was one moment in a late chapter where he mentioned about him being veganism, him being vegan, <laughs> uh, was related to kind of the Buddhist ways and having a non-harmful relationship with the world. And something about that really hit me, really resonated. And from there, I was like, you know, I'm going to go vegetarian. And I was vegetarian for two years. Uh, you know, felt better, but it wasn't like the jump to vegan. When I went vegan, it was just a whole nother dimension, a whole nother realm of health, mental clarity. It was just uh, just a, a whole, anybody who's made that jump understands hard to explain some things completely, but it was just a full like detox, holistic uh, kind of approach to your body and health, physically, mentally, and spiritually every day. So, and I love telling people the moment that I went vegan because it's such, uh, I think a very unique way, uh, just like you hear from some of these other guests coming up, they have some very unique stories too. But my story was very interesting to me because I, it was a time I checked myself, had a, asked myself a question, and just was stopped in my tracks. So what happened was I was two years into being vegetarian, and I was sitting in my room by myself. Uh, I'm an introvert, so I'll have some conversations in my head. I'll just, you know, just think about things. And I was sitting there, and I don't remember what I was thinking about specifically, but I remember a thought came into my head saying, oh, I can never go vegan. That's just tough. I like cheese and ice cream. <laughs> like we hear uh, a lot of other friends say if we are vegan or we have said ourselves and then still went vegan, like I'm about to say now. So that thought came into my head. I can never go vegan. I like cheese and ice cream too much. But then it was followed up by another thought. And I remember the next thought was, wait, hold on. You used to say you can never go vegetarian. Here you are, two years into being vegetarian, and you enjoy it. You speak highly of it. You love the way you feel. And then the next thing I asked myself was, why can't you go vegan? And from that moment, I, I, I tried to find a rational reason. I don't know if it was because I didn't want to or just because, hey, let me have a rational conversation with myself here. But I could not find that reason. I sat there stumped. It was one of the weirdest feelings ever to ask yourself this deep internal question that was coming from the subconscious and you had no answer. Your conscious had no answer for this 
question I was being asked by my subconscious and as strange and crazy as it may sound, it's that's what happened and I had no answer and I sat there for maybe 30 seconds, a minute, I don't know. And I remember telling myself, oh man, I, all right, I got to go vegan. I got to do this. I have no excuse. And the next day I made the jump, you know, which isn't too extreme when you're already vegetarian. Uh, but I remember do, uh, people ask me, hey, do you feel weak at all? Uh, my dad recently started cutting out some meat and I told him, yeah, the first day I felt a little weird, that empty feeling, but made my body adapting. Uh, and all I really was cutting out was cheese and stuff. So it wasn't, and even now I'm not a big fan of cheese, I like the vegan cheeses. But so that's how I went. Uh, that's my story. So you guys understand a little bit why, uh, how I've been vegan, how long, or uh, why I went vegan. Uh, so that's been, so vegan was actually about two years it was November of 2010, so I'm coming up right now. We're in July, end of July, so I'm coming up on uh, 11 years uh, vegan. So it's been a heck of a, a ride. I love it. Uh, being almost 37, and I feel uh, better than 27 than I did then. Uh, I had my spurts of becoming unhealthy in my young 20s. I was always a s athlete. My dad had me working out in the garage since I was 10 years old. So I've always uh, you know, I was playing sports, meat potato dad. I also broke out really bad in high school. And I come to realize on my own, it was because all that meat and just other, that animal product I was eating, uh, I had to go to a dermatologist actually. It wasn't like a proactive, never worked for me. Tried that when it was coming out. And that's how OG I am. I was coming out at my time in high school. Uh, I didn't work. So, um, yeah, so it, I've noticed my skin's better, much better. Everything, sleep gets better with the veganism. And, of course, like we all say that have went that route, you know, I wish I would have done it sooner. But I know the health I was in, you know, coming out of high school, like I said, I played sports all my life. So coming out of high school, you know, I, I'm not a very big guy. It was kind of the end of the road for me. Didn't want to really put in that effort to see if I could go further. And... You know, just kind of got in a relationship for five years, got sedentary and kind of lost sight of myself, started becoming unhealthy. And, and I'm nowhere near, uh, you know, or at that age of like 22, 23, I was nowhere near as healthy as I am now. And I still don't feel like I'm slowing down yet. We're all going to hit that point. But, you know, this is what you're going to hear a lot of with other guests, their stories, because, again, it's not just to push a word or title of veganism on people. It's to... Uh, show people, hey, there's healthier ways of living. Uh, listen to some of these people that have been successful, whether it's in athletics, you know, some of these, you know, are, are physical specimens uh, so that you'll be listening to and they're not having any problem looking for protein. There's no protein deficient um, people I've come across. So um, you're going to get a lot of these different stories, uh, unique things, like an eternal monk who you'll hear soon in a few weeks or less. He had his transformation through meditation and his own just eternal process and a great story that guy has or Dr. Will Tuttle, how he went about it. And uh, he had a huge wave of just instant awakening, which was interesting with his story. A lot of people, it's layered. I know mine started with uh, not as much of a broad uh, concern as his did. Uh, as you'll hear him explain in his story. So, um, but then from the comedy, like I said, I started stand up comedy and that opened up other doors. Uh, one of the key things was I started putting on uh, 2013. I, I feel like this was a key to a lot of what I'm doing now. Um, I didn't plan for it to be that way, but I tell people 
when you just operate as a good person, when you just do good things, good is going to come back for you. You don't want to look for it. You don't want to do good things for that expectation. You just do it. But you know, when you operate that way, you're going to get good karma, whatever it may be. And in 2013, through my comedy, I started putting on benefit shows, holiday benefit shows for a local domestic violence center in my area. So always had a little soft spot for, you know, that domestic violence, underprivileged kids, whether it's foster kids. I don't come from that environment, but still, you know, just a soft spot there. And reached out to the local domestic violence center. I found on Google, family assistance program, and connected with them, said, hey, want to put on this benefit show for you. And they were totally open to the idea. And, you know, fast forward to now, over the course of those years, we did, I did put on five of them over the during the holidays and uh, a couple of them were during my birthday because my birthday is in December. So uh, it was great being able to bring in my 30th birthday, you know, with a big found, uh, fundraiser like that. Uh, we raised toys and donations. So I developed a relationship with them through that. And then uh, another thing tie into what I'm about is I do wellness coaching and I'm actually going to be rolling out some virtual classes right now for people to take advantage of this uh, weird time with COVID. A lot of people are going to be uh, concerned about going out there, rightfully so, especially those with you know immune uh, deficiencies and just other ailments and underlying conditions. So I've been a personal trainer for many years through NASM. So I have my certified personal trainer's license. I have a... Uh, nutrition license through NASM and I'm working on another type of nutrition with them right now. I have my behavior change specialist cert also through NASM and that deals more with the mindset, kind of the wellness side. Uh, I've got a speed agility quickness, uh, smaller cert with them and I've with family assistance program with these certs uh, they knew I had those a few years back. I was able to start doing wellness workshops for them where I went in for two hours at a time and uh, for two phases and talked about wellness in the workplace. It's something I'm doing more, reaching out to employees. It's a, it's a huge uh, it's a huge deal, especially with stress in these workplaces, office environments, and all the variety of, variety of work environments that are stressful out there. So they brought me in. I talked about nutrition, meditation, uh, essential oils, chemical-free products that you can use instead of the stuff filled with chlorine and all this stuff. So they brought me in. I did numerous ones of those for them. Got great feedback from the head person and uh, people that were sitting in. Things like a lady coming back and telling me about essential oils helping her son's breathing. So that's always great to hear. And then one of the best things I've ever got to do in 2017, they brought me out to a resort in uh, Palm Springs and I got to do some stand-up comedy and my wellness workshop for a group of human trafficking victims, like former victims, about 40 of them. And that was just an intense eye-opening weekend just to sit in on speakers and things that were going on and just have conversations with them. And it was just, uh, it was just yeah, it was intense and it was very eye-opening and, but a great experience. So, um, I've got to do that with my wellness and I've gone to local schools within the last couple of years with, so eventually family assistance program last couple of years or a couple of years ago, they hired me to uh, probably speak for them to go to schools, uh, to, you know, do a variety of that stuff uh, wellness in the workplace. Uh, cause I developed that relationship with them through the fundraisers and the workshops. So I worked for them and that developed more relationships in the community uh, with certain vendors and businesses and then uh, got me 
my gig, I made a really developed a relationship with IHP and an empire health provider or health plan. They are local to Southern California. They're a healthcare provider, Medicare, uh, Medi-Cal. Well, I think they're the largest nonprofit provider of that's of those services in the country. And I was working out of a new building of theirs up here where they put it in our desert and developed a relationship, which led to me eventually doing cooking demos for them. Technically, I still do, but with COVID, we've been shut down for months. And the cooking demos, I was doing all plant-based and it was an amazing opportunity uh, to show people my area. This area here in the Mojave Desert, Victorville, Hesperia, Phelan, Apple Valley, even Barstow. There's really no scene for veganism. Uh, there's no full-on vegan restaurant. It's a place that have options. Uh, I feel like I was one of the first OG vegans up here years back. There wasn't as many. It's grown, which is great. There's more options, which is great. Um, but I'm definitely helping, trying to pioneer uh, more veganism out here with uh, the cooking demos I was doing with this podcast, even I know I have people, a lot of friends going to listen into this and, you know, be here in this area funneling in the guests that I have with the great conversations we've had is, is really cool. So, um, that's another thing that I've done, the cooking demos, uh, now those relationships with family assistance program allowed me to go to schools, develop relationships there. And I've been fortunate to go to schools and do anti-bully presentations to be able to talk to kids and say, Hey, you know, I mean, much more deeper than that, but Hey, don't bully, be cool. But in an actual Microsoft PowerPoint I've developed in ways that, uh, I know how to connect is just, uh, has been a great experience to do some of those and, uh, have other ones that I've developed. I've gone to schools and done out here, uh, confidence and potential building, uh, where just kind of a motivational one for kids that uh, is just powerful. Why should I go over slides of, Michael Jordan, Oprah, Walt Disney, you know, Cola Tesla, and different uh, people out there, successful people that were denied originally, had failures and setbacks, and to inspire the kids and let them know, hey, you're going to face some adversity and um, how to overcome that. And what's great is after that, I've had kids in the hallway walk by me, not even say anything, and reach out and fist bump me. And it's such an amazing feeling to connect with a kid. I didn't even get his name. I don't, you know, but I don't, I don't really have to. I know, hey, that kid enjoyed what I said. I connected with that kid. You know, maybe I said something he was already on wave, on a wavelength with, or maybe it was something brand new to him that he was like, you know what, I like what that guy's saying. But uh, so it's been so fortunate to be in these various roles, uh, to be such, be in roles of having impact such impact here in the desert where it's showing how to cook good, healthy food or going to a school and saying, Hey, this be cool to everybody. Don't, you know, I've also got to speak on mental health awareness at schools and tell kids, you know, how to overcome some feelings that they might experience with, you know, with how to deal with it if they do experience some of those things. So, uh, have been in roles of, of, you know, that are just really, really fortunate. It's a blessing. I've uh, been in some awkward environment speaking, you know, variety of topics. So uh, public speaking is something I've become very comfortable with. And it's where I've met a lot of the guests that you're going to hear over the next, uh, well, all these interviews. Uh, vegan festivals now, that's something big that's happened to me over the last few years uh, to tie in. You know, look, I've been doing various things, comedy, seen. did my first vegan festival in 2017. And sometimes people ask me, 
how, how do you, and this is a, this is something, you know, I consider myself a move maker. I consider myself a go getter. I know how to make things happen just like this podcast. And I don't say that to brag, but I say it because it's, it's, it's out there and whatever you want is out there. And in 2017, I made a post when I booked my first vegan festival. I was MC, no, I was doing stand up comedy at the one in San Jose. They had a very first one out there. And, uh, I started reaching out the way that happened. People said, how do you get all these vegan festivals? Because three years later, I've done, I've been almost part of 20 now vegan festivals where I'm seen doing comedy, getting booked for cooking demos and, you know, started with comedy, which is sometimes awkward at these. But back in 2017, I, I booked my first one and I said, put it online. I was like, expect to see me at a lot more of these. And it wasn't just uh, because I thought it was going to happen. I knew. People say, how did you get all these? Well, simply, I went online and I took the time, the energy to look up all the vegan festivals that were going on near me all over the country and wrote them emails. And some wrote back, some didn't, but the more didn't write back than they did. Now, and But it gave me enough momentum to start doing some, to uh, get some resume or some experience on the resume for vegan festivals, which is different than you know, comedy. And now I'm getting more opportunities to speak seriously. I have serious speech called be the light, save the planet, which is about leading by example and just using your light to inspire people if they want to be inspired or know things. So I've also got books starting to get booked to do these cooking demos. Now that I've been doing them for IHP, I got booked to do some this year, uh, South Bend, Indiana and Albuquerque, but both with COVID, I've been postponed. So I broke into these festivals with my comedy, uh, but now I'm going to do a lot more fun and impactful things at these festivals. Uh, but it happened because I just sat behind my computer one day and just wrote a bunch of them saying, hey, here's my service. This is what I can offer if you need it. And now it's a much different response when I do write and because of the experience that I have at these festivals. And it's like upcoming guest, Dr. Will Tuttle. I met him when I emceed the San Francisco one in 2017, the third festival I did. Uh, Turno Monk, who's coming up uh, in a few weeks or less. I met him last year in Rancho Cucamonga. No, San Bernardino. Then we did another one in Rancho Cucamonga. Uh, Danielle Dirac, I met her at the Scottsdale one. Uh, last two years in a row, she performed there. Uh, Chef Joey Haynes, I actually just met him on uh, Instagram, like I said, a couple years ago, uh, an intro. But, you know, and that's exci the exciting thing for me is there's such a different vibe with each guest because some I've already worked with, some I haven't, but I already know we vibe. So you get something a little bit different each episode, but it still fits the theme of the episode. Uh, so a lot of these guests I've met again have been uh, from the vegan festivals doing a variety of stuff you hear some of the comedic friends that I have uh, out there uh, the really positive ones who I know like I said cruelty free I think I mentioned this in the intro cruelty free is not just you know veganism of course when we think about food and things like that it is but to me it's also just good people you know that are out there doing good things so uh, not all guests you know like I said, are vegan, but I know they're good people, good vibes who, you know, don't want anything bad. They want to put out bad energy. So that's cruelty free to me. Uh, 
And let's see if there's anything else I need to cover about me. Uh, so stand-up comedy, mention that. Sometimes I forget the things that the public speaking. Uh, and I've always been a fan of great interviewers and good interviews happening, unfolding, and listening to them. So that's what I'm hoping to bring to you. This is unique for me. You guys are kind of, you know, any listeners that are listening in from the beginning, like now, uh, you're going to hear me evolve, you know, hopefully with my interviewing. It's a brand new thing that I'm doing. I'm excited. I feel like uh, it's another area I get to work. I'm just listening and drawing uh, insightful responses, setting these guests up that way. Uh, some of them are just don't even need to be set up. They just have, they could just start talking and good stuff comes out. Uh, but uh, there are certain things I want to draw from these guests. Like I said, their stories, their, uh, their setbacks and things, just things that you might take from it. Everybody, everything resonates differently with some people. Just as when Russell Simmons said, uh, I want to have a harmful, non-harmful relationship with everything in the world. Uh, that resonated with me deeply. So different things hit people differently and, you know, different levels. So uh, that's why I want to bring a diverse set of guests. And I'm very fortunate to have the type of guests uh, a guy like Dr. Will Tuttle, uh, an individual like him, who also swam in Walden Pond. He talks about that in his episode, and I literally get stopped in my tracks. You could hear me like, uh, what, uh, uh, what, what? Uh? <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Walden uh, and uh, the book Walden. I'm a big fan of Henry Thoreau, who wrote it, and uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. And I bought both books. There are books on my bookshelves right beside me here in my room. And to hear this man say he swam in that pond, that... It was, it was it was such a trip. So uh, these guests all have some insightful things to say. And again, uh, the wellness side of me too, I want to mention that real quick because again, I'm going to be developing some virtual classes. So if you do uh, hear about that through these you know podcasts and you are interested, definitely uh, reach out to me. I'm going to be offering virtual nutrition classes through Zoom, uh, mindfulness, stress reduction. Uh, if you need to learn how to meditate, I am touching on that a lot with these guests, asking them if they do, because uh, meditation, I know for me, has been very powerful, as you'll hear from some of these guests, uh, how powerful it's been for them. So, I'm going to be offering those classes. All these classes will be very, very cheap too. Uh, you know, you're talking, I'm not even going to throw a price out there yet, but it's going to be very, very cheap. That way anybody can get involved. When you have a group class and you're just sitting there at home, not having to go anywhere, and neither am I, uh, then it's very reasonably priced and affordable for everybody to get involved. And you can have the kids come in, sit with you next to you. And uh, So there'll be, hell, uh, there'll be nutrition classes. There'll be uh, the mindfulness stress reduction. I'm going to be doing a fitness kind of boxing body weight class. So, you know, a lot of people having to work out at home right now, maybe don't know how, uh, maybe don't have equipment. It's very, very hard to get equipment right now. Uh, they're not, I don't know what's going on with the restocking. If they're just not doing it, they don't want people to have it. Uh, but so there are definitely ways you could work out very effectively without equipment. So I want to put together some virtual classes that are going to be very helpful for people and, uh, you know, can take advantage of in a health and safety way, affordable. You might sit in on, you know, just a few classes a month and spend less uh, than you did at the gym, you know. So uh, depending on what your gym fee is or if you had a trainer at the gym, uh, it's definitely allows me to keep doing what I do in terms of wellness and helping impact people in that way. And of course, for you guys, 
uh, to get that information and help if you want it. There's also individual stuff, but I'll be going over that more on future episodes as I roll it out more along with my Instagram pages. So yeah, let me lay that out there too. If you want to find me, follow this more, see what upcoming guests, uh, I'm going to be putting that out there. I'm all about quality. If I put my name on a project, you're going to get quality. I have a local show I ran for four years up here in the high desert comedy show and it's an award-winning show we literally got an award for it so when i say that it's no hyperbole it's it's real it's i'm gonna bring you quality i don't mess around with that <laughs> so uh that's what i'm excited about to have conversation with some of these people uh, uh coming up and of course if any of you listeners know people that fit this if uh you hear hey you know what i would love to hear you talk with this person or i know this person get them on there throw them my way if you have ideas if you have things you want to hear me talk about cover i'm going to be covering some mental health here in uh maybe an episode or two i'm not going to do a segment of matt's mind uh what's on matt's mind this episode because uh ziggy me and ziggy had a uh some great conversation in his kitchen cooking up that vegan ravioli so we have to really trim that down we had over several hours of of listening there so recording so i'm gonna trim that down and not give a matt's mind this uh segment or this episode but I do want to cover mental health coming up uh, and having to do with your environment. And uh, I sometimes notice that is uh, sometimes with mental health, people don't pay enough attention to their environment. And your environment can uh, can do drastic, drastic things for you, uh, both ways, negative or uh, positive. But, you know, if your walls are bare, if you don't have anything in your walls, I mean, you need things in your environment that excite you, especially if you don't live in an environment uh, that is inspiring. I know I live in the high desert where if you're familiar with this area, it's not the most exciting, you know, town doesn't have a lot of culture and art and just really anything. And even when you go outside, it's a lot of dirt. You got to really come to appreciate the beauty of what the, the desert is and how it's offered. Um, but so with your environment that you stay in, you have to make it uh, something that you appreciate, something that stimulates the mind, you, pictures of whatever it is that you look at and it stimulates the brain. Uh, I have, for example, right now I'm looking at it, I was telling this to somebody the other day, yesterday. To my left, I have a bookshelf and on it is this really cool, maybe like, I don't know, 12 by 16, it's a rectangular little box, about six inches high and it has a flap that goes over. It's a little box to throw things in. But it's the print of it is like an old world map and i love old world maps i'm fascinated by them there's something i tell people hey maybe i was exploring a past life or maybe a family member was because i'm also afraid of deep water so maybe i had an accident as exploring deep water but every time i look at that box i think oh that's so cool like dang i don't get i don't stop thinking about that and that's example of what I'm saying is you have to have things around you that stimulate you. And it could be simple as that, but they have profound impacts on your subconscious and your programming. So that is something I'm going to go over a little bit more in depth, uh, but in you know simple, understandable way here in the next couple episodes. But if you hear that now and it makes sense to you, or if you know you are in that boat where, especially right now with quarantine, I know myself. I'm a very I consider myself a very mentally strong person. Uh, to be a wellness coach and do the things I do, to be a behavior change specialist, I feel that's one of my strengths. That's I have you know have to have, and I work on it to be able. It's not just something I was given. So, um, the mental health. We'll we'll, we'll talk more about that in uh, a little bit. 
our coming episodes here. So, um, anything else? Let's see if there's anything else I want to throw out there. This inaugural episode. Uh, Leia, let me talk a little bit about what's going to be coming up here in a moment. You're going to hear me and Ziggy Braun cooking out of the kitchen. Uh, so this was a really fun time. My boy Ziggy is a hip-hop artist. Uh, he's got some good albums out there. His last one, which came out, whew, was it a couple years ago now? Ye Old Gents with uh, his buddy, a little duo album. Just a great hip-hop album. Kind of had that old-school vibe uh, with a modern feel. But it was just a beautifully constructed album. As I was telling him, it's the best album of any kind of genre I've heard come out of this desert. And it's just beautiful the way it's constructed, the stories, the intermissions they have in between. But you get this, these the visuals and in your head because of the sounds they use and just how well it was produced. Uh, good music, and you can get this story along the way. So it's like ye old gents, they're in this uh, old pub. And so that's a really good album that he put out. He's got his own solo project coming out uh, sometime this year. He's working on a couple of books that he talks about. Uh, so he's a very big creator, just a really good guy, uh, good vibes. Seen him perform live for the first time last year at a show we did, comedy and hip-hop variety show. And he just took control of that place, the energy, the showmanship. I was just like, whoa, okay, okay. It's one thing to be able to record some dope music on a track you know where you get you know time to edit and do things but to you know just walk into a building and own that uh space and uh it was just that was something he was able to do that's not always uh there with people just because they're good at music it's a whole other element of performing live and that very uh that impressed me about him so uh yeah so what i reached out to him i was like you know what let's let's because he's just you know really good creator really uh really conscious guy we had some good conversation but some of them may have to cut because it was too long and it might have been that uh late hour conversation we were up till 12 21 or 2 21 i think that was when i signed out on the podcast eventually um so we were in the kitchen cooking we cooked up vegan ravioli and definitely give you some nutrition breakdown of what was going on with the meal too uh, chose vegan ravioli because it's actually the one vegan meal i've never had since i've been vegan for some reason it was a meal i loved before i went vegan and for some reason i never i've never had it it's had so everything else and so i told him let's make vegan ravioli he used to be a chef for a few years uh so he made the noodles uh everything was clean we loved the ingredients in that episode uh but we made one that was spinach and mushroom with some you know, fake mozzarella cheese on top. He was going to use some sour cream that was in the recipe, but it had cashews and he's got a nut allergy. So we didn't use that. And then I had the idea of doing quinoa. This was a combination. I've done it other things that I really love. So I was like, let's try the ravioli. A red quinoa, hummus, and I use the garlic hummus, and kale, and chopped up kale without the stems. And wow, they both came out great. It was so delicious. The noodles had a great texture. And the quinoa one surprised me. Not that it was good. I wasn't going to make something I didn't think would be good. But it surprised me the texture and taste the way it came out. It had that normal ravioli beef kind of taste and texture, which threw me off. It was odd. didn't expect that. I don't know if it was just the familiar texture of the noodle and noodle, uh, sorry, the <laughs> noodle and sauce and me not have hadding it so long, uh, maybe tricking my brain a little bit, but, uh, Ziggy thought the same thing too. 
And then he served up some, uh, we call it the Ziggy Zinger sensation or something like that. Smoothie that he makes pretty much every day, the dairy-free. So uh, we're in his kitchen and we talk about hip-hop, his album, just random stuff. Uh, so that's a very good episode uh, to kick things off with. This will be, uh, it, it was just a good time and, and good food. And so we're going to, you know what, we'll be wrapping up. I think I've said enough. I've got a lot to talk about over uh, the next couple episodes and beyond. So we're just going to jump to the kitchen. So this segment here is me and Ziggy, like I said, making vegan ravioli. Uh, we'll go over the ingredients that we use. That way uh, you kind of get an idea of what we did. Also, if you want to know more about the recipe, if it maybe isn't as clear as I thought it may have been, then definitely reach out. We'll tell you what we did. Um, and any other questions you have, any feedback, anything you want to hear, throw it my way. Any criticism, I'll accept uh, might uh, block you after, but I'll accept it. No, I'm just kidding. I won't block you. Gotta have constructive criticism. I already told you. Uh, I'm ready to make the podcast ha- podcast happen, but I know there's going to be growth, growth in it. I'm not going to just edit out slip ups. It's going to be authentic. I'm not perfect. I'll leave some of this stuff in. <laughs> the major uh, screw ups. I'll have to edit those. But um, looking forward to bringing this podcast out to you guys more with these initial guests coming up, uh, letting it grow to something more. I have big ideas with this. Of course, start small, let it grow. Got a website I'm working on for it. I know not everybody's on social media. This is being done through Anchor, and I'm able to broadcast it to all the major platforms. Uh, so you should be able to hear it wherever you're listening. If not, reach out to me, and we'll get you set up to be able to hear it. Um, so I'm going to jump in the kitchen and get this ravioli going with my boy Ziggy Braun. All right, you guys. Enjoy hearing us make the vegan ravioli. So you can't hear it or see it. You're only going to be able to hear it. But let me tell you, it was delicious. So definitely try to make some yourself. Uh, and it doesn't weigh you down. We ate a bunch of it, and it was just that good filling of food. So made with care and love which we'll go over some a little bit with some of these guests who are our chefs that running theme so all right i'm gonna shut up and jump in the kitchen now with ziggy braun all right we're at the interview part of our episode today and I'm in the kitchen here with today's guest. We're in his kitchen. We're here in the Mojave Desert. So uh, kicking it off with an actual live guest. Uh, a lot of the guests are going to be here in the next few weeks are not in the same area. But I'm right here in Ziggy Braun's kitchen. I've already given you him his intro. So we're going to get right to it. Ziggy, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Excited to uh, cook up these raviolis, man. First, you know, I've, I've had vegan food before, but this is my first time cooking it. So I'm looking forward to you know, making it firsthand. And tasting it. So yeah, like he said, he's not vegan himself, but not every guest, as I told you, is going to be vegan. So anybody who I know, uh, creators, entrepreneurs, people putting good vibes and things out there for the world. So he's got his music we're going to be talking about. And he's a foodie. He's all about good vibes. So uh, that's why we have him on today's episode. And he was a chef before too, actually, right? Yeah. So I was uh, up in, when I was going to school up at UC Santa Cruz, um, I got a job at one of the, one of the, it was one of the cafes on campus. So it wasn't, you know, the, the food menu wasn't anything like super intricate or anything, but, um, 
while I was working there, I would reach out to, I would reach out to, you know, some of the other cooks and like, you know, want to learn how to do the back line and the front line and breakfast and all that stuff. And it was crazy because one time the manager hit me up and she was like, hey, uh, I don't know how to cook the breakfast menu. <laughs> the manager? Yeah, the manager, yeah, the manager hit me up. It was like. How she got the job. Yeah, dude, it was like 7 a.m. I get a call from the manager and she's like, hey, um. We're about to open for breakfast. We need a cook. I don't know how to do breakfast. You're literally the only one who knows how to do breakfast. Can you come in and cook breakfast? I was like, hell yeah. Hey, this is what time? This is what time? Like in the like in the morning at like Yeah, it was like dude, it was like seven AM probably <laughs> at least. But then uh, I didn't know the breakfast menu super well. I mean I I knew like all the basics and everything, but I didn't know the ways to cook like I didn't even know this existed, but over hard eggs. <laughs> so you fake it till you make it, right? Yeah, so people would come in and order breakfast, and I'd be like, hey, I can do scrambled and over easy. <laughs> no sunny side up. <laughs> I ain't the sunny side up chef. <laughs> <laughs> That's sunny over there. You gotta yeah. go see him. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fun, man. It was a fun job. Yeah, how long did you do it for? Did it for the two years that okay, I was up okay. there. Nice. Yeah, I almost actually burnt down the cafe one time. Okay. How, yeah. We definitely can't skip past that. Yeah. What'd you do? So, um, I was uh, every night. Every night when I closed, I would close with this dude Freud, and he would always. He worked at uh, he worked at the Driscoli's Farms up in Watsonville. Oh, what? Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. So he uh, he picked the um, he did the he did the raspberry farm up there during the day and then he would come to the cafe and work at night so i volunteered one time i was like hey Freud, dude you want me to you know like clean the grill or clean the deep fryer just to make it a little easier on you because you're literally working like 12 hours a day it's like man thank you so much that'd be amazing <laughs> so we got in this habit where he would he would basically uh turn the deep fryer off at one point of the night <laughs> I would go drain the oil out, all that stuff. One day he wasn't there, so I was, you know, just doing it on my own. And I was so in the habit of just, like, draining the oil at a certain time. So I drained the oil at, like, 375 degrees with it mm. still on. And I start seeing all this smoke building up from the, the deep fryer. And I'm, I'm, I'm cleaning the grill, and I, I'm like, ah, that, that doesn't look right. <laughs> So I opened the doors and there's literally like flames coming oh, out of it. Oh shit! Yeah, so we had to we had to go get because uh, you can't put water on like the oil fire. Yeah, so make it worse, like right? salt or flour or something. I, I think it was salt. What about if you just throw your body on it? Oh, that would have worked too. Okay, but you didn't go for that option. <laughs> no. Okay. I think we went with the salt option. <laughs> you didn't go have a buddy, but let's dive on. Yeah, we went, we went with the option behind door number two. With <laughs> that. Like let's go with the salt before your belly flops. <laughs> yeah. Before your belly flops on salt, this grease fire. Salt before the body and call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> so so that worked, the salt put it out? Yeah, dude, yeah. And we uh we actually surprisingly we got out, out of there that day before we usually did. So we got a, we yeah, after you have to put out a fire, the vibe's yeah. kinda dead after you're not really in a work vibe. Yeah, we literally closed closed before we usually do so it worked out perfectly and then the next day i walk into work and Freud's like hey alex man i heard you almost burnt down the cafe it all got around fast yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah dude I, it's a freaky moment whenever you set something on fire a little too much or something that like 
it's a freaky moment. It's like terrible. Yeah, you're like, I did that. Uh, had a sage accident or man, what? Something. I don't remember what happened exactly. Left the patch in the carpet, but I remember for a moment I was like, uh oh. <laughs> Damn. But yeah, man, I'm no pyro. So what's Mac looking at? Mac is a uh, focus on something. Yeah, he, uh, he likes going outside, but he's been he's been throwing up lately. Mac so, the cat. We're talking about Mac the yeah. cat. So I think he's been getting into something outside. So we're. What kind of cat is that? I forget the name. I think it's a Russian blue. Russian blue. Yeah. You're my yeah. boy, Russian blue. You're my They're boy. supposed to be a hypoallergenic cats. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Because I got mad allergies. I so. love cats, man. They're cool, man. I never I never owned a cat before growing up. And then... uh way really bad juju. Yeah, they're cool, man. They're... They're just interesting creatures. Yeah, dude. just watching them. You could be yeah. entertained. Like, they're way more yeah. entertaining than dogs. They're... It's a trip. But, yeah, they see energy. They pick up on things. And that's why sometimes you're like, what are they looking at? Like, they just see dude, things we don't know. There was one day. So, this uh, dining room table right here, we were both in bed. You just get, like, you know, laying down watching TV or whatever. And uh, I walked out to get some water. And I literally walk out and Mac and Millie are both standing on the table, like staring at me, just staring into my soul. Wow. It was weird. It was weird. You're like, what are you guys looking at? Yeah. What, did you feel like they were going to pounce on you? Yeah, you know, like, what do you guys see? <laughs> They're like, they were plotting on, they've been plotting, man. They, uh, they've been watching your move. <laughs> All right, so I, you know I'm not an India Pale L drinker, which is why I said India Pale L. So oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just in case any viewers out there don't know. So do you, um, the, uh, those two are IPAs right Yeah, there. so I was going to ask. What, what, if you go down below, the red trollio is good. To a land down under? To a land down under. He was six foot five, <laughs> full of muscle. I sampled that one time in a beat. Did you? Yeah. It was a dope? Never finished. <laughs> <laughs> the last drawer, uh, the red the red cap. Well, look at this. <laughs> there's, there's a drawer full of beer and bread. There's one. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, red cap, blue cap, or that that red trolley L is decent too. Uh, red, is this Dr. Seuss hour? <laughs> red cap, blue cap. Now red I'm just cap, totally confused. Cap. Okay, well, I see cap. green caps. What one about cap, green? Two cap. Why aren't the green caps? What's green up? caps are IPAs. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna drink an IPA. What one? Do uh, you think? I would go with the Castaway, the green cap. I was it's, eyeballing it's that. It's lower percentage than I forgot what that other one was called. I was eyeballing it's like a new one. Tom Hanks. Cliff, Cliff IPA. It was what, what is that blue cat? This one? Kua Bay. That's right. That's right. Kua. I was going to say Kua. There's Kua. a Kona just came out with another beer not too long. I don't know how long ago it came out, but I just found it for the first time. But it's called Gold Cliff IPA. And it's I like a, uh, right here. Oh, you can use that or oh, no. um, Gold Cliff IPA. It was like a pineapple, like a pineapple IPA. Oh, oh okay. You know, I'm not too much of... Uh, either am I. Like, just for... Yeah, yeah. Either, either am I. But Kona... I feel like Kona's pretty successful with it. Yeah, I, I can feel that. Have you ever had Sea Dog, the blueberry? Yeah, it's way too sweet for really? me. Really? Yeah, it's you way know too what? sweet for me. Yeah, I think now that I've had it, now that you mentioned it, I think last time I had it. I mean, I haven't before. had it in... Probably like seven years. Was it when Johnny time. Carino's was first doing the... Remember when Johnny Carino's did the... When they first came out not first came out i do but remember remember their beer years. was like you can get, they had 200, 200 beers, beers on for like, two dollars yeah. yeah yeah the bottled ones yeah the yeah. bottles and now the bottles are like way more 
Yeah, because they like renovated the whole place. Yeah. And, yeah, it's my go to place for uh fantasy football season. Yeah, I go there uh with buddies every now and then. I like that they have uh Cali Creamin on tap. Cali Creamin's good. Good man. Yeah. I can't keep dude, they have it it's, at the beer cave at Valero, but this always goes quick, man. It's one of those beers where I could only have like Two, yeah, it loses something two. after I noticed that. I bought a six pack one night and I was just kind of going that in on them. And Dude, I was the like, beer yeah, cave, I, I forgot. Heck, yeah, I mean, the beer cave. Uh, there was this guy that was like a beer cave barista last time because I was looking for Cali Cream in and I couldn't find it. I was like, you still guys, you guys still out? And he was like, yeah, but check this one out. And it was, I, post, I storyboarded it last night or a couple nights ago when I was working on my episodes. So it was, it was Cali Cream or it was No, it was a cream. Right? It was called Classic Cream. It was like cream style too, but it was better. I liked it. Actually, it was smoother. And I enjoyed it more like in the long run. Yeah, but, I like it because uh, cream soda was always one of my favorite sodas. Yes. I don't really drink soda too much anymore. I haven't it's had like, soda since like 2010. Oh, dude, it's... It, it's super rare. Every now and again, I'll just like crave like a Coca Cola or something. I have one, and then I'm like, yeah, I'm good for I another had, like year. I haven't had a Jack and Coke. What up, Mac? So yeah, listeners, I haven't had soda since like 2010. It's been a decade. That's Whoa, crazy. it is crazy. And you know what the trip is? I tell people this. You don't realize people don't realize how bad soda is. Oh, dude, so, it's awful for you. Yeah, because like the week after, I'm sorry, the year after, about a year later after quitting soda, laying off of it. Was, that was the time I was working at a Victoria's Secret and needed a job, you know, and I was there, I was there for three years. And in the break room, I would have the Weto Pretzel be around the corner. Yeah. And I'd go there and get like a raspberry tea for my drink. Like, get like a doll. Uh, yeah, was yeah, I wasn't like, it was still like high fructose corn syrup. Oh, yeah. But I was still on that at the time. One, uh, you know, layer by layer. Yeah. And I went, because they're. Drinks were only a dollar for employees, mall employees. What? So I'd go get my drink, and but since that was the case, only a dollar, you'd have like numerous wet to pretzel cups on the break table. And every now and then, I'd mindlessly reach for my cup oh. and actually take a sip of some soda. But the crazy thing was, I wouldn't actually fully drink it. I'd catch myself, right. oh, and like go to the sink and spit it out. But even that, for the next 15, 20 minutes, you could feel that oh, yeah. acidity, yeah. that burn, and it was like, and I'm like, I was drinking this? Yeah. And it's crazy. It's just... Dude, it's crazy when they, they did those, like, um, visual, like, images showing how many cubes of sugar like, yeah. are in a, you know, can of soda, how many cubes of sugar in, you know, an applesauce or anything like that. It's, it's just crazy visualizing how much sugar is actually oh. in it. They have lab coat scientists in these places they, figuring it all out. What's the yeah. perfect amount? Well, what's crazy, too, is, like, they, they do those visual, like, images with, um, like, actual cubes of sugar, but isn't it? It's mostly, like, high fruit, fruit yeah. corn syrup in the... We can start making some of those, actually. I, I feel yeah, like I that's gonna, a good amount. Okay. I just want I want to save a couple for Esther. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I feel yeah. Like that's a good. Yeah, that's a lot. I think. Right? <laughs> yeah, save. We're going to have a lot. That So we're making let's give you a rundown. We got into time about beer and other stuff. <laughs> so what we're doing today, uh kind of told you in the intro. Uh well, I did tell you, not kind of. <laughs> we are making vegan ravioli. So we've got two types we're whipping up here. And Ziggy is just going to town on the uh meeting and he's got these uh Got these looking nice. He's got the line. Man, let's eat them. Would you take a ruler to that? I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So they look like you got some empanada style, just folding them over. Those ones are, what do we have in there? So it's just a, it's a spinach and then the vegan mozzarella cheese. I was going to put the, the vegan cream cheese in it, but come to find out it had the cashews in it, which I can't eat. Can't eat them cashews. So we decided to skip the, uh, skip the cream cheese yep. and just go with the, um, spinach and the mozzarella so we'll see we'll see how it comes out nice yeah those already look good so and then uh, i'm gonna saute up some mushrooms mm -hmm. and onions and garlic to put over it nice yeah so that's it's gonna be the it's gonna be the topping and then this pot over here i got a different style that we're gonna start uh mashing up here just need to get a little more kale in here so in here i've got red quinoa hummus Ooh, hummus and kale. I'll give you a breakdown what's going on with that, with that why I choose it. So, uh, as you've heard me talk about in this podcast, I do was doing cooking cooking demos, still am, just on hiatus. Um, but you know, as we all when we all cook, we find certain ingredients and themes that we like. And I've come to find out I really enjoy a quinoa hummus mixture. And kale is more for the nutrients. Whenever I use kale, it's all about the nutrients. Uh, it's not the most flavorful thing. I know a lot of people aren't a fan of it, but I tell people, get some kale in your diet. It has one of the most incredible nutrient profiles of any food out there. It's got lutein, an antioxidant that's powerful for the eyes. And, and what I believe, I'll come to read, is that it has the most of that of any food on the planet. So I tell anybody, you're doing yourself an injustice if you're not getting some kale in your diet. Um, you can mask it in stuff like we're doing. The hummus is also going to give us a different texture, give us a creamier texture, maybe like a cheese. And then also it's got nutrients, some protein in there coming from the chickpeas. And then, of course, the quinoa uh, is nice uh, filling kind of food, but really light and also a great nutrient profile, as are uh, the mushrooms that we're going to have here that's going to be loaded with some goodies. So... As I've always said, you can have good, healthy food. You don't have to sacrifice taste or enjoyment. Uh, and of course, you can't see pictures, but we'll, we'll, we'll take some before we eat it up and get them online. So, and this funny thing is not a funny thing, but this is the kickoff episode. I told Ziggy, I was like, let's do vegan ravioli because I've been vegan now almost 11 years. And it was one of my favorite foods before I gave up meat. I've never had it. Today it's happening, Ziggy. We're doing it right here in your kitchen. I'm having vegan ravioli for the first time. Hope it comes out okay. Hey, man. Even if it doesn't, I'm going to lie on this yeah, and say it was go. phenomenal. Yeah. So no matter what, you guys, this is going to be I mean, it incredible. Looks, it looks fantastic. It does. Even this. is All that quinoa. That kale. I've also got a little bit of uh, paprika in here, some garlic powder, and some Himalayan pink salt. If you're not using the Himalayan pink salt, you need to get on that also. 84 minerals. Oh, it's loaded. So it's got a lot of good, great stuff in there for you. It's the best salt to use. So get yourself some Himalayan pink salt if you're not yet. Oh, what? About to start in the quinoa ones now. Yeah, just throw a, throw like a, not like a crazy amount, but just like a nice little blob right in the middle. I was gonna go balls of the wall. <laughs> just full. <laughs> they turn around, all overflow. What are you doing? I got excited. 
Dude, that, that's, what I, that's what I did on that first uh, spinach mozzarella one. I just packed it in there, and then I was like, oh, shit, I can't, can't close it. <laughs> it's okay, man. There's, there's no rules. Nobody can exactly. see anything right now. Exactly. That's the thing about audio. Mark. Are we even really making ravioli? We, I know, right? If Who you're knows? not in the kitchen and ravioli's being made, it's, rav- it's like the tree saying, right? It's ravioli. Oh, look it, look it. The first layer just went, it looks like a cookie, but ravioli. Oh, look at that. That's how you make them. My dumb ass would have been there with like a piece of string or something. <laughs> he's making, he's, on, time <laughs> he's making lines on the. Yeah, it's just, the, I, I think it's just yeah. to like seal it shut. It creates like that Yeah. suction kind of. Yeah, I gotcha. I'm so afraid of your teeth. No, I think it's going to, he's been a little worried about the. The girth of the dough. <laughs> but I told him, no, it's just fine. Don't shame it. Don't, don't make it feel bad. <laughs> no, it's, uh, we decided, yeah, it looks good. Plus, might as well have a little bit thicker dough than thinner because we don't want to get it destroyed in the pot. But yeah, so this very, everything we're doing in this dish is healthy. Even the flour, um, where's that flour at? Read it to the, you. To the viewers, maybe have some in your area. I got that bond. It's King Arthur flour. Some of my favorite flowers aside from Bob's Red Mill. This brand, just like Bob's Red Mill, is 100% employee-owned. I love supporting employee-owned businesses. Several reasons. Uh, shows their integrity towards their employees and also the food. Um, you know, employee-owned uh, companies tend to operate much more, like I said, with integrity. That word integrity so it's also got a good source of protein in it. Uh, the ratio that they use, they say 14% protein level. I'm going to tell you what they say it means. Titus, no, that's not what it means. Um, okay, it says raise your flower IQ. We're going to read this to the folks. We're going to all raise our flower IQ at the same time. Wow, Ziggy makes these beautiful <laughs> <laughs> ravioli noodles. Razor Flower IQ. This is from the back of the bag. It's not my knowledge of flour at all. Our quality promise. That's why you should support this brand. Flour is good doesn't happen by accident. No, it doesn't. With expertise and experience from field to bag. Cool. We craft our flour with care and commitment to help you bake your best. Do you feel like you're baking your best right now? I feel like I'm... Baking a lot better than I usually do. Feel like you're giving it your best? Oh, yeah. He's giving his best. Whether it's going to be his best, we'll find out. But I think so. Cooking's an art form. Dude, it is. Life is an art form, right? Everything within life, you got to... No, but cooking is definitely an art. Uh, Playing around with it. I was talking to uh, Chef Joey. That'll be one of the upcoming episodes here. Um, Head chef, co-owner of North Dakota's very first vegan restaurant. And we we were talking a lot about that. Yeah, we were talking about food being art, blah, blah, blah. The parker said it out. Yeah, anyway. I'll give it some time so I can edit. <laughs> All right, the next part of Flower IQ, and this part has an apostrophe. Not an apostrophe, I'm sorry. An asterisk. <laughs> Not an apostrophe. It has an asterisk. I'm trying to figure out why, where it's at. I don't see it on the bottom anywhere. Anyways, protein... The power in your flour. Protein is the ultimate attribute of quality in wheat flour. Choosing the right protein content for your recipe makes your bread rise higher. 
your cake's moist, gotta have that moist cake. And your pizza crust chewier. Yeah. Protein content and other flour brands can vary by 2% or more from one bag to the next. But not King Arthur flour. <laughs> Shit is consistent. It's 14% every batch. Organic hard red wheat selected for protein content. Robust flavor from 100% whole grain. And we say no to bleach, which is why I buy this one. One of the reasons. Most flour companies add benzoyl peroxide, chlorine dioxide, or azodia carbonamide. <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> azodia carbon. Screw it. To a chemically <laughs> to chemically whiten or artificially strengthen their flours. We want your baked goods to taste delicious and be something you feel good about feeding your family and friends and enemies. No, they didn't say that, but, you know, just, you got to be cool with that. Is that on there? No. no. <laughs> hey, keep your enemies close, right? So well, true, yeah. Give them good flour, too. Uh, where was I at? King Arthur flour contains no bleach, no bromate, and no artificial preservatives of any kind. Which I feel like I could I could do a commercial for them. Oh hell yeah! Maybe they'll sponsor this. Hey, King Arthur, you want to sponsor this uh, podcast? Hashtag King Arthur. What you get in place of these chemical bleaching agents is superior grain. Oh what? And our two hundred and twenty five year commitment to purity. They've been doing this for two hundred and twenty five years. That's crazy. Wow. They started back when King Arthur was. Most- I think he was a little bit, uh, a little bit <laughs> he might have been a little bit older. I only made it through uh, my master's program in history. <laughs> uh, not a bad trade-off, if you ask us. Well, I've made pancakes with this. I made donuts with this. But this looks like it's going to work, too, for pasta. Hoping it comes out pretty well. I think it's, I think we're getting the consistency right I haven't rolled dough out in like 20 years. <laughs> 20 years? <laughs> Since he was a wee young lad. Honestly. Back in the land down under. <laughs> Back in the land down under. All right. Yeah. The next ones. Yeah, and then, uh, so after the, uh, after the raviolis, we got the dessert too. What? We- Which, uh, for Mr. Matthew here, I went. All vegan for my uh, for for the desserts. Look at him, true chef. A, uh, we're doing a little little smoothie that I have every day for for breakfast. I'm gonna I'm gonna give y'all some secret insight into my breakfast recipe. What's it called? The Ziggy Zing, the Ziggy Zing sensation. I like that. I like the Ziggy that. Zing. I never, I never even thought about a name for it, but I like that we're, Ziggy Zing Zen. Station. Yes, there like it is. It. We're drinking the Ziggy Zen. What it was it? Ziggy. I already forgot. Ziggy Zing's Zensation. Zing. There you go. <laughs> the so it's uh, it's banana, a full avocado, a packet of. I get this acai berry. Nice. Uh, nice. It's like packet loaded in antioxidants. Acai oh, yeah. berries. And then uh, there's this uh, you know berry mixture combination that we get with like cherries, raspberries. Uh, blueberries, strawberries, you know, like all all the, you know, antioxidant rich, uh, fiber rich, you know, berries. And frozen stuff holds their value or their nutrients just as much. 
on that note, that's why I tell people in class, think like there's sometimes uh they get the bad rap, the frozen stuff, but it's like look at Mount Everest. They use yeah. people that pass away in the mountain as markers because they don't perish, yep. they don't d- dissolve yeah. and Yeah, it's you know, it holds the same yeah. flavor as the fresh berries we get I like it too because I don't have to add ice to it because I like yes, my smoothies cold yes exactly and it's basically like you know you got your ice built into the smoothie and you yeah it's um and think about antioxidants too let's make note so antioxidants a lot of people hear that word so they do is there's things that run through our body called free radicals that are not good for us they attack our cells when antioxidants do which you're not really going to find in meat products um it's going to be gone and used up by the animal by the time you get to it but plants, you know, these antioxidants, they protect your cells and they keep them from aging and getting damaged. So antioxidants are your friend big time. And when you eat something raw like a smoothie, all he's describing is you're getting all the nutrients 100%. Right. It's not cooked. You know, this quinoa that we're going to cook and boil a little bit, it's going to lose some of its nutrient profile. Fortunately, it's got a big one. We're still going to have a lot in there. But anything you cook... Losing nutrient value. So the smoothies, you're getting 100% of those nutrients, and you're going to get a liquid form in your body, the nutrients, much quicker than digesting food. Liquids take maybe 15 minutes to get in there. And you know, when you drink that smoothie, you can feel your body just like almost dancing inside. Dude, the, the cool thing about it, too, is... feels good. You know, I would eat, you know, a lot of times I would like to have, you know, like, you know, bacon eggs just you know real thick heavy breakfast and everything but the cool thing with the smoothie is when i when i first started drinking the smoothie i was blown away with the fact that you know i would drink the smoothie at you know 6 six thirty in the morning whatever i would get through work up until like 12 30 one o'clock just fine you know it, yeah, it helped, yeah. me over, helped me over just fine those good sugars yeah. we, we need sugar you know, sugar gets a bad rap too. It's just like carbs. We need carbs. Yeah, all, I know there's a lot of, you know, I know there's a lot of, you know, natural sugar in the berries and everything. So that's why when I do, when I add like the rice milk and the coconut uh, yogurt alternative or the Greek yogurt, whatever it may be, I always get the unsweetened. Yeah, just to yeah, cut yeah. Back on, mm-hmm. uh, just like the total amount of sugar. Yeah. Because that's when you also, too, it's bean sweeten then it's not as natural whatever. right right so i i stick with like the the sugar which i mean bananas dude have a bunch of sugar yeah. in them and potassium you know, all, the, all the berries and everything yeah so it, it's a good start to the morning dude just oh it is especially because like the thing about you know sugar is and carbs is for one with those two they're one of our you know main sources of energy right right and i've seen people on those keto diets in my classes lacking energy and i can right. see it on them yeah I feel like the keto diets aren't all they're cracked up to be. No, you're manipulating your body to bypass eating up your most important source of energy. Carbs is what's not. And here's the other thing, too. So the brain, of all glucose that comes in, the brain eats up 50% of it. So that's the only thing it's looking for, glucose. So you need that sugar. You can't. Not any, everything's a balance, you yeah. know. Nothing should be on the low. Glucose, glucose is the like basis of life. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, you know. And that's why it's funny when, like, you know, we mentioned something about high fructose corn syrup earlier, and it's funny how, like, remember a couple of years ago, or further than that, they had those like ten calorie sodas. Remember that? Oh yeah. And it's like you turn that damn can over, and it's like 
And they're like, oh, 10 calories, only 10 calories. But you turn over, it's like high fructose corn syrup, mm. this and I'm like, what? And that's how they manipulate people. It's like, I'll take 500 to 1,000 calories or more of good quality food before that high fructose corn yeah. syrup. Yeah. Like 10 cal- it's not, people, they, they've manipulated people so much, like just like gluten. Well, gluten, it's very few people have, unless they have like celiac like, disease. Uh, yeah, like an allergy to it. Yeah, yeah, but gluten, we've been eating. That's wheat protein. Yeah. You tell me we're gonna eat animal protein, all of a sudden we can't eat what it is a glyphosate. That the ingredient in Roundup, that's what's messing people's oh. stomach up. Oh yeah. So with wheat products, they that's why we're using a nice organic one here. Most unorganic wheat, all of it's heavily sprayed with pesticides. Wheat is one of the most so this is what's ironic about the gluten thing. Oh, watch out for the gluten. It's the glyphosate that's messing people's stomach up. From right, because a lot of, I feel like a lot of, um, you know, companies or whatever that produce the wheat or produce, you know, different produce, veggies, whatever it may be, I feel like they they use it because it's the cheapest option. Yeah, yeah. You know, to get rid of, but there, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of natural stuff you could do for like bug killers and yeah, things like yeah. that. Like I do uh, on the weeds out in the backyard. Um. Instead of weed killer, I'll do I'll do like white wine vinegar, okay, salt, okay. and hand soap. Yeah, you know, and then I'll just spray that on the weeds, and it literally does the same exact yeah. thing that you know the Roundup would do it. Yeah, but you're not going to take in any harmful chemicals. Right, right. That's crazy. So I think we give everybody a good. What other nutrients we might have in here? So I tell people, just like in a cooking class, whenever I cook, it's got to be. Uh, oh, we got. Oh yeah, it's a spinach cheese. Oh, and then so um, the banana bread. Oh, he made he got man, this man was getting it ready. I, uh, we we just so happen to have some bananas that were a little too ripe for my liking for the smoothies. <laughs> so I decided to make a a vegan banana bread. Oh, I'm gonna be sleeping good tonight. We'll see, we'll see how it comes I'll, out. I'll be full of. <laughs> Good flour, spinach, cheese, quinoa. Man, it's going to be good. And you know what's great? It's just going to be, I feel like we're definitely going to grub, but it's not going to be that overbearing, uh, you right, know, it's right. going to be, that's the great thing about, you know, food like this. It smells so So, not only is Iggy a chef, but hip-hop artist. So we got to talk about the music, man. Yes. We were listening to some Polo G, little baby earlier. I was showing him my boy Taste Nate from Instagram. Shout out to him. I'll be interviewing with him coming up this week sometime. Um, but hip hop, man, I've, I've always told people like hip hop has my heart. And it's weird. I've been getting back to it the last couple of years. Um, I have a running theme. I've been telling people back. And it's going to be something I talk about. It's going to be on my Danielle Durack episode coming up here in a few episodes. Because she mentioned Back to the Basics. In that episode, and that's actually something I've been really thinking about, like back to the basics during this quarantine time, you know, because whether you've, most people have heard that saying, especially if you played sports growing up like I did, or anything that involves fundamentals, dance, music, whatever it is, you know, selling, I've sold cars, and sometimes it's get back to the basics, you're overthinking, and I feel like right now in quarantine, you know, is that time to get back to the basics, you know, and one of the things I always loved and what that means to me before I say what I was going to say is, you know, kind of back to the basics to me is like, what was the stuff like, you know, you get older in life and you go through the adult life and we got to pay bills and we just go through this, you know, the process. 
it's, you know, you kind of get grinded up or you just lose sight of, like I tell you, that little kid in you. You always got to hold on to that kid. And I think that's what ties again to going back to the basics. What was it, the things that you loved as a kid? And I find myself like all throughout my like high school years, I listened to hip hop. Then I got yeah. my adult life. And I feel like, I don't know, it's weird. Like started, I got in a relationship, started being in ways, person I wasn't getting veering off because, you know, you're pairing up with someone that's, mm, you know, just not in that same vibe. Kind of. Yeah. So I noticed a few years ago, I started getting back to the basics. And with that for me, it was like a lot of things I was interested in when I was younger, even the hip hop, you know, and the energy that's in there, that go-getter, move maker kind of energy. Um, so I tell people, hip hop's always had my heart, you know, as long as I can remember. And was that how it always was for you? Like, were you, was that always your music? I remember being 10 years old listening to Rex and Effects, Rump Shaker. Well, dude, it's funny because uh, I didn't really get into hip hop until I was probably like 16 or 17. Because okay. I, did, you know, with, with my parents and everything, I, I grew up with, you know, classic rock. I grew gotcha. up with, you know, Michael Jackson, Prince, uh, Black Sabbath, okay. uh, you know, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, things okay. like that, you know. So, Aside from, you know, Dr. Dre, <laughs> Snoop, yeah, Snoop, Beastie Boys, mm. things like that. You know, my my knowledge. Real quick, I tell people you like when I'm like, yeah, he kind of reminds me of a Beastie Boy. I know, <laughs> I know you got that before. Yeah, oh yeah, dude. oh yeah. <laughs> you guys can't see the stash. You have to look at the, yeah. the my pro, the flyer on IG. <laughs> Hell yeah, <clears throat> but um, yeah, dude, it was it was when I uh, you know it was when I got in my junior or senior year of high school that's when you know I, I really started discovering my love for hip-hop was a certain artist like what got what kicked that what was it that i mean the the first few artists that you know i when, when i was younger i heard you know the dr dre things like that and i re you know revisited as i was older um and i you know i think dr dre is like the chronic 2001 the chronic and then you know, when I when I started getting into, like, N.W.A., <laughs> and then, uh... That album, man. N.W.A., yeah, I used to... Man, that was the days when I used to... Re- real quick, I yeah. used to re... I remember the days when I rewind the cassette, write down the lyrics. Oh, man, yeah. that was the... <laughs> N.W.A. There, there. The gangster Killer and yeah. the Dope Dealer. <laughs> the song came in my head the other day because I was posting how I was interviewing. This is hilarious. I'm making a post on Twitter. And I was like, this weekend I'm interviewing uh, a doctor, a singer, and a chef. No. <laughs> something, <laughs> something in my head was like, a gangster killer yeah. and a dope dealer. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's funny. Like, go on, N.W.A. No, yeah, I mean, it was that. And then uh, when I started hanging out with, you know, the people from the Monkey House a lot, which was my, okay. which, uh, I don't know if you know about the Monkey House. But That's all. That was my, uh, that was uh, the group I I was in. Yeah. You know, kind of fresh out of high school and everything. Yeah, that's when I met you, that's what because you're the buddy. The one you did with Ye Will Gents, that album that we'll talk about. Uh, he he was he was like in the same kind of uh, crew. Gotcha. He wasn't in the Monkey House, but he, uh, you know, kind of started like following the whole rap thing when we did. So we 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 have like a giant camp of people from down in the desert. Was uh the guy that moved to Pittsburgh? Ah, I can't think of the name right now. Had the captain song. Why can't I think of his name? Ooh. He's a. Uh, oh no, captain. He had he he had the longer hair. He had like long hair. He was the night. He was there the night I met you guys at like Travis's like open mic thing. I think. Or you thought you guys were. I don't know. I'll have to look in a little. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I'd like to. 
But so Monkey House. So oh yeah. So Gabe, Gabe is the one I'm thinking of, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Gabe, uh, Gabe is Jimmy the Funks' stepdad. So we would. Oh, gotcha. We would uh, we would set up, you know, kind of our studio over at their house, and they, you know, we would just record all hours of the night over at their house. And being in that group was what kind of got me more and more into hip hop. You know, they introduced me to like uh, Jimmy the Funkster. He's a huge Bone Thugs and Harmony fan. Oh man, he's a love Bone Thugs. Yeah, my so, uncle child. <laughs> yeah, so I, you know, I didn't growing up. I didn't know about Bone Thugs. What? So, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So you know, oh, he would introduce man. me to Bone Thugs. Uh, you know, Jimmy introduced me to you know Far Side. Oh wow! And then. Saint, he introduced me to, you know, like Jay Dilla. Any tribe called Quest? Yeah, tribe called Quest. Yeah, yeah, so that that's when, that's when my knowledge of hip hop really started growing. Was when I started hanging out with them, you know, every every weekend. That's <laughs> cool. Yeah, man, it's a uh, funny because like I remember the because you're how old? Uh, twenty nine. Okay, yeah, and I'm thirty. Man, I'll be thirty seven at the end of the year. I'm gonna date myself. I don't care. There it is, thirty seven. Um. <laughs> But you'll see me and be like, oh, he doesn't look that at all. <laughs> people tell you that. I get carded. No, dude, people be like, 83? No, you were born in 83? It's that, that plant power. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, I remember, like, man, I guess far, because my parents, okay, so, like, you're talking about the music that your parents listen yeah. to. It's interesting because my dad didn't listen to hip-hop, but he did listen to a lot of funk. Yeah, which, well, yeah, I mean, funk, you know, funk comes, progressed exactly. into, into hip-hop. You know? He listened to a lot of those Motown records, yeah. man, like with the uh, little half-blue label. Man, I, on the regular, I would hear the Gap Band, like, you dropped the bomb on me, oh, baby. Yeah. That was on the regular. So, yeah, like, it was more like that kind of, you know, hip-hop, where it came from. Like you're saying, yeah. that's funk. Uh, G-Funk in the 90s. Man, before football games, I had my headphones yeah. on, listening to Corrupt. Who want to ride with us? Who want to ride with us? <laughs> and that, dude, that's the thing. Like, I feel like as I got older, I figured out what I like more. Yes. And, yeah. I, you know, I, I still listen to all the stuff my parents, you know, raised me on and everything without a doubt. Like, I'm going to yeah. listen to that till the day I die. Yeah. But, you know, I, I really started getting into, like, jazz. Ooh, jazz. You know, jazz Jazz became one of my... And I just, like, like... cooking music. And my kitchen music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. honestly. Because <laughs> I got no words. It's a good vibe. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I discovered that uh, Saint even introduced me to, you know, some, some places where I could find some music for free back in the okay. day. So I would just spend hours and hours and hours on these websites just surfing through their libraries of, nice. you know, what they had and just downloading music. I just threw myself under the bus. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, dude, that's, that's where I got introduced to, you know, like Duke Ellington and Thelonious nice. Monk and... Miles Davis nice. and Herbie Hancock and yeah. Herbie Hancock, you know, I mean, he, you know, going and he's like one of the last living jazz musicians out there, you know, the old school. Jazz yeah, musicians. yeah. And I mean, he, you know, he progressed into like funk and everything. So, and you know, with, without you know just diving into the world of music, I probably wouldn't have known about a lot of the stuff that I listen to now. But you know, they they kind of started me on my journey yeah of hip-hop and i kind of took the reins myself and you know found some stuff that i i dig so i don't think people look like you know i have a lot of friends uh, sometimes i wonder like like it's weird like music is 
to me more important than people realize. Like you know, I hear it's, people that it, it's it gets me through my day. You yeah, know? Like, it's like I look at it as like okay, I listen to them like I got told two of my biggest rappers, favorite rappers right now, Little Baby, Polo G. Um, and I'm big on like energy. You know, people want different things in music. Mm-hmm. You know, some people like the sad stuff, but I feel like that just helps you, cause you to wallow more. Yeah. You know, I feel like music is. I mean, I feel like there's a time and place for yes, that kind of yes. stuff, you know? But it's like music to me can be like, I listen to somebody's rappers, like, for example, like there's a guy out, T Grizzly. T Grizzly is one of the. I heard his new <laughs> tape was pretty good. Dude, he comes out with the intro song, you're like, that was the intro. I haven't checked it out yet. That was the intro? Damn, what's coming next? <laughs> you know, this album. T Grizzly has a weird story, you know, got a lot of trouble and stuff, but man, the guy brings the energy. And there's something about like, you know, these street rappers, you know, uh, the ones that are evolving or have a certain conscience that I really appreciate because, I mean, I may not come from the street or be a dope boy, but it's like there's other things I relate to. Some right. struggles and hardships yeah. and being self-made and not coming from, you know, money or education right. and having to kind of find my own way out here. Yeah. And so these are guys to me that are some of the most self-made. They may not have the money of an Elon Musk or a Bezos these guys come from some of the most bottom barrel environments and they make it out and they're yeah. millionaires and some of them have an there's an energy beyond uh, behind them with that and some guys like t grizzly like i was saying i read a comment on youtube and when i seen this comment i understood what the man meant uh he said man he was like i used to not have a job and i started listening to t grizzly and meek mill oh, and now have a job <laughs> and I was like, I get that. It gets you on that level. It's just like yeah. someone who turns on Tony Robbins on yeah. YouTube to get that motivation. Yeah. Or how I told you earlier, Eric Thomas was the man who sparked the reason for me never leaving laundry Oh yeah. in my room again. You know, sometimes people just have a way of saying something. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they could say one, you know, one sentence yeah. that kind of sparks that you know, hump than somebody else. And if you're listening to negative, sad music, it could be yeah. the opposite, you know, like, uh, you know, so like I said, yeah, it's definitely a time and place, but I don't think people realize all that much how much their music influences their right. mood and, you know, it's, it's affecting your programming. Just like if you're talking to people all day that are negative or mm-hmm. positive. And so I'm real big on, you know, that's why I like the jazz. Like I was saying, oh, it's beautiful music. I never hear jazz music that has a bad vibe. Right. You know, like, I never hear jazz music that makes me, I mean, I'm yeah. sure it's out there, you know, but. Yeah, I mean, there, you know, there's like, well, that that's the cool thing about jazz, dude, is like, there's no words in it, so you can kind of take the music and interpret yes. it as your own. Yeah, exactly. You know, interpret it how you want to interpret it. Exactly. Create your own vibe out of mm-hmm. it, whether you're cooking and wanting to chill. and Because um, you, you know the the artists that made that you know jazz music you know they were in a specific setting in a specific scenario yeah where that created them or that that made them create that song yeah, yeah. so of course there's going to be some story about it what it is yeah who knows and there's energies behind that when it's, yeah. you know authentic and so now what when, what age then did you write your first like your flow songs. So my, my first bars. <laughs> the first uh I mean I, I was like writing music when I was younger, but I never like created, you know, full length songs or anything. I would just like write down ideas, things like that. But uh it was funny because Saint uh Saint Even, the one from the monkey house, he I actually recorded him on my MacBook, just like on the built in microphone. Okay. On the MacBook. Rapping over a Jay Dilla beat. 
and after I did that, I was like, dude, that was, that was honestly pretty sick. Like, <laughs> I think we should try to, you know, record more music. I wasn't even trying to, you know, start rapping. I was just trying to, you know, be the one behind the scenes kind of recording people, gotcha, and gotcha. mixing, making songs yeah. for other people, things like that. And then one time we Good were over at, <laughs> yeah, then one time we were over at, uh, Jimmy's house drinking and then I found out that Jimmy rapped so I called Saint and I was like hey dude we should uh we should get you and you know Jimmy together and try to make something out of this and at that time I was still trying to you know just be behind the scenes just Mm -hmm. mixing music things like that and then one day Saint was like hey dude I want you to rap on a song I was like honestly I don't even know how to write raps or anything (laughs) I don't know where to start. I don't know anything like that. He was like, I got you, man. So my first my first song was actually ghost written. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was ghost written. He's not afraid to admit it. Yeah, and it was over um I forgot who He's no, he's no Drake. I think it was uh I think it was like a Lil Wayne song or something, but it was that uh King Kong. King Kong King King Kong King Kong. Oh, Kong. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. That, that older song, or whatever. I mean by at the time we record over it. It was still fairly new. But, uh, so he wrote a verse for me over that. And it was funny because when I wrapped it and recorded, he was like, dude, the way you wrapped it was nothing like what, like no, nothing like how I wrote it. It was like, <laughs> that was completely different than what I imagined, but it was dope. So then at that point, I just started kind of writing my own lyrics and everything. And you know, uh, we did like the monkey house stuff when I was living up in Santa Cruz. Okay. Uh, I had a I had a group with my my dude Zevon, who's actually on the album coming out soon, my solo one. Nice. Uh, we had a group called the Stoop Kids, <laughs> and we did that. And then you know, just I mean, I, there, there's a lot of music out there that I've done. Nice. But... Yeah, man. It's uh, and it's crazy too because. We did that that show. Was that last year with my buddy Jose? The one at uh, Matthias. Matthias, yeah. yeah. So my buddy Jose, shout out to Jose. I used to work with him at Family Assistance Program, and that was a trippy night. Not trippy, but like a funny night because so I don't know. I can't tell time anymore. It was like a year and a half ago. I don't know. And so we did this show with my buddy Jose. He was putting on a hip hop comedy show. And when you're a comic in that role, you're like, well, I don't know how this is going to go, but I don't know. I don't turn things down. Right, right. I mean, you get that experience. On that note, okay. I'm going to go back to the Matthias story. Remind me if I get sidetracked, but I kind of want to sidetrack for a moment because I mentioned about not being able to turn stuff down. It just triggered something in my brain. This is funny. This is how I am. So a couple years ago, I went to a show with my buddy down in L.A. What show was it? Uh, There was a dime bar in L.A. for this guy, Adam Hunter. So Adam Hunter, shout out Adam. He's probably not even he's not gonna watch this, but just shout out anybody. Shout out if I mention the name. Adam Hunter, man. Let me just say this: the guy's one of the best comedians you'll ever come across, and one of the best dudes. So humble, and like, and you will hear that from anybody who's come across the man. Oh, nice. What a funny dude! What is just a rare bird? And so, but he has his room down in a dime bar in L.A. Little dive bar kind of spot, and. Big, big time, you know, gets great lineup. Dave Chappelle was there before he released his main, like the two specials what? back when he came back into the light. 
He was oh, there. The one the Netflix one. Yeah, the first two that he, oh, a couple years back, like he was at that room working out. Um, and then Danielle Rollins, remember him? I'm, I'm rich, bitch. Oh, yeah. Dude, he, one of the nights I was there put down one of the best stand-up sets I've ever seen, man. I literally was speechless. I went to the man, shook his hand. I couldn't sum the words to say, like, I'm, I had to come say, hey, good shit, man. Like, you yeah. see this? Yeah. Like, I literally was like, what did this guy just do? Like, it was out on the cusp of stuff. There was this guy that came in all of a sudden, this black dude wearing his long trench coat, and just had this weird look, and you could be like, oh, man. He's and then you see Danielle look at him and just, you know, like, it was over with. So, um, but, so, point of this whole dime bar thing is, it's a workout. Definitely, I've had the mic yeah. cut out. Um, but one night I go there with my buddy. Uh, he was booked. I went through the role with him. I've already done the room. Adam, the host, was gone that week. He was taking care of some stuff out of town. So he had someone filling in for him. The host comes over to me and asks me a buddy's name from behind the booth. I'm like, hey, man, what's your buddy's last name again? And I told him. And then my buddy was like, hey, what did he ask you? Did he ask you if you want to do time tonight? Oh, And I was like, oh, let me mention this it was dead in there at this point beginning of the show hardly anybody yeah and i was like no man and i was like if you ask and i was like i don't need no damn time and i was like no i'm just here to chill and literally this is my whole point about not being able to turn things down and literally like seconds later that guy comes back up to me he was like and i just told my buddy i was like hell no i'm not doing no time yeah. the guy comes up from behind he's like hey man uh we're waiting another guy or something he's like you want to do some time tonight I was like, yeah, man, I'll do something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, once you're asked, like, I had no, like, attention, but like, yeah. you can't do that. You can't, um, do you, you got to make shit happen. There was one time I was at a, it was a comedy show at the uh, Green Tree. Okay. And, uh, was that when I seen you there one time? Yeah, I think it was, it might have been that day, but. Uh, you both were there, yeah. Uh, JT was like, hey, uh, I know you rap. It's like, you want to come on stage and, you know, do some bars? I must not have been there that yeah, night. I was hammered. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure. Because <laughs> I, I usually try not to turn stuff down either, you know? Yeah. And I went out, I got like four bars in, forgot everything. I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm done. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. You, should I roll this out too? Or? It's up to you, man. Yeah. If you feel good, we're good. We can just good. share a bowl of the... Well, not share. I'm, I'm down to just eat some of that, dude. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like we split it. We won't share it like some yeah, lady in a tramp. This shit takes a while to roll out. <laughs> that can even be tossed on one of them, you know, on the yeah. top. But yeah, so I veered off there. The whole point of what I was saying was we did this show at Matthias, a uh, little dive bar in downtown Victorville, a.k.a. Uh, I don't know, the weird area. Uh, <laughs> the yeah, hood, just uh, Old Town Victorville. Old Town. Yeah, Old so Town Victorville. Weird area. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, interesting. yeah. Oh, the bar's cool. The bar is super yeah. cool, man. It was interesting that, that earlier in the day, like if you're out there during the day in that area, like homeless people, there's all kinds yeah. of stuff going on. At well, there, night, it's quiet. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's yeah. big encampments. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, like, right. You know. Yeah, because I was working for that. Man, I'd hear the stories out here, the, the things that these homeless oh, yeah. people were talking Oh, man, yeah. that's a wild environment out there. Well, I, uh, dude, when I was, uh, I'm gonna put this in just want me to like, get the marinara ready and everything. Oh but, yeah, um, the marinara. What do we got here? Rail, rails, rail, rail. I don't know how to say it. Could be. I should be Italian. I'm a half Italian. I should be able to. But this part of me don't know how to. This half doesn't know how to read this <laughs> name. This half didn't learn this. Rail, rail. What would you say? Rails, rails, rails. Rails. I feel like that A O. Yeah, I feel like that needs to be something. Rails. We're gonna call it rails. Rails. R A. Oh, it doesn't sound that complicated, but 
R-A-O. Shout out to that company. Apostrophe. Now that's an apostrophe. <laughs> Not an asshole. Yeah, if you're listening, Rao, uh, hit me up. Tell me how to pronounce this. It's all natural, premium, marinara, since 1896. Now, look at it. I don't screw around a cruelty-free conversation. We use companies that stand the test of time. Like, who was the 225-year company? I already forgot. Oh, yeah, King Arthur. King Arthur. King Arthur's grandson started that. Raul, man, we, see, 1896. We're using companies that didn't even start a century ago. For- yeah. They've been around the block. Long time. They've been around the block just getting it. So, and then I believe Kona Brew started in, what was it, 1613? <laughs> Long yes. time standing company. Yes. 1613. <laughs> I think it's like 300 years past that. <laughs> A little over 300 years. Okay, I don't, I don't want to give you guys information. It's, it's like a, it's in that window. Because then won't trust my new. Okay, I'll backtrack. They will not start. Because then won't trust my nutrition information. <laughs> I have nutrition certs. I know what I'm talking about, but they're gonna start be like this guy just says shit. I don't know. Just saying random dates. Stuff <laughs> All the nutrition there. stuff is true. <laughs> Only an accurate thing was Kona Brews. Not started in 1613. So, man, you. He did some work on those. Man, those strawberries are good. I just got down with some strawberries. Those are pretty good. They weren't Driscoli's, but... Oh, dude, Driscoli's is my shit. So, yeah, man. We mentioned them. We went to see us. Any of this? We got to take a little break while we get this stuff. Yeah. We bathroom, too. All right, so... I'm going to take a break. This is looking good. Yeah, it is looking good. I'm going to take a break. Uh, get some more beer. Yes. <laughs> and talk more hip-hop. We got to talk about that Ye Old Gent album. The upcoming album, uh, some book projects he's got coming up too. If we're going to talk about those, I, I love the vampire one, man. That's yeah. a unique one. So, got a couple like, book projects coming up. so yeah, he's got a couple chef, hip hop, uh, skydiving instructor. No, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm going to stop. No, if I keep doing I that, that <laughs> have you been skydiving? <laughs> I never have. I've, yeah, I've done indoor skydiving. Ah, oh, man, I've never, I haven't even done indoor rock climbing. All right, so we're going to be back. We're going to take a, a break. This is going to be a two segment episode. So, go get your popcorn, go get your licorice, go get whatever you need, your lawn chair, whatever you need to get, go get it. You got a few minutes, and we'll be back. Well... That's going to pretty much wrap up the first episode of Cruelty-Free Conversations with me, Indigo Mateo. I do want to say a few more things before we wrap up. Uh, For one, there will be another episode uh, with the rest of the content with Ziggy uh, coming this Wednesday. That's going to be uh, the 29th. Is that the 29th? That should be Wednesday the 29th. And uh, that's just going to have a little bit more content with the reviews of the food and uh, talking a little bit more about his projects. We didn't get all into that. Uh, We recorded for a while, uh, so I wanted to chop it up a bit, just give you the good, good stuff. And I'll be doing that over the next couple days to get that out Wednesday. But I wanted to give you the kickoff episode with the breakdown of 
uh, what you can expect with this, who I am, and what this podcast is all about, and get this first part, uh, first half, or what's probably going to be a majority of the episode out there with Ziggy. Uh, had a fun time with him. Uh, so thank you for those that have listened in. And also, I do want to mention something about my logo, uh, something really special in there to me. So if you've seen the logo, which you probably have, if you're listening to this, there should, uh, should be a picture with the link there, whatever you clicked on, whichever uh, platform. Uh, but you may notice there's a, a couple highlights there, uh, the D and the M, the D in indigo and the M in Mateo are highlighted uh, with the indigo color separate from the other letters and that was done because that's a subtle tribute to a childhood friend that i lost in 2017 uh just one of those once uh once in a lifetime type of friends that you're gonna get uh you know childhood you see each other grow up and become adults he was a father so uh with a really really young daughter months old so uh you know had to find i'm always trying to find the ways of paying tribute to friends especially with the creative endeavors and outlets and projects that i i get going uh, i put on benefit shows for friends in the past uh comedy shows including this friend when he passed three years ago his brother drew the logo he was the artist for that he's that's his gig that's his career that's what he does it's a great graphic artist amongst other things with designs but I told him, hey, let's let's honor Danny somehow. Let's do something. And that's what was come up with. And it's just it's beautiful to me because it's subtle. But to me, it's powerful. And I do want to explain that uh, because he was a very uh, in, he impacted so many people in a positive way. And I didn't quite realize to what extent uh, until I went to the funeral a couple or three years ago. And the turnout was just it was amazing. It was uh, oddly inspiring. And so I like to since you know, keep that going, his energy and what, because uh, we were the exact same people, both uh, indigo children here just, you know, to do good, to be cool and uh, to with everybody, regardless of where they come from, who they are and just, you know, I waved that flag of humanity and so did he. So uh, it was great to find a way to honor him in that way and for his brother to be the one designing the logo and for them both to be with the project. Uh, so I did want to explain that. To those that are still listening, uh, you may have already noticed that subtle uh, difference. You may have been wondering, or maybe not, but that's what that is all about. So if you do notice it or look now, um, but it's it's a nice little powerful way. And I know his mom was very appreciative of it. His brother told me. So uh, it's nice to be able to keep his story going a bit. And people ask me about him when it comes up about the logo. So it's nice to... Uh, share his story to other people that never got to meet him and know it doesn't just stop uh with the people that did know him it's going to keep uh keep spreading through me and other people so thank you for listening again if you have any feedback any uh things you want to hear anything talked about again i'm a wellness coach amongst the other things i mentioned so i definitely want to be touching on wellness aspects to keep mind body spirit healthy again i'll be talking about some mental health awareness here soon one of these upcoming episodes um and i want to also uh thank uh danny's brother I want to actually thank him joe uh joe june creative boyhawk studios boyhawk creative studios i sorry apologize so yeah boyhawk creative studios that's his uh his station, his lab, his gig, his company, that's what he uh, operates as. So uh, much, uh, much love and respect to him for 
piecing me together such a nice little logo. Uh, I love the simplicity behind it, but uh, the pop with the colors and again Danny's initials. So uh, much respect to him. You got a lot of great guests you can look forward to. Once again, I'm Indigo Mateo. You can find me on Instagram under that tag. Uh, Indigo, like the color, I-N-D-I-G-O underscore M-A-T-E-O. That's only one T. And my real name is Matthew, but I'm mostly Italian and Hispanic. And Mateo is Matthew in both those languages, so it works. Who knows? Maybe I'll legally change it one day. It just rolls better. So Indigo Mateo, that's my tag on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Facebook, you can find me under Facebook slash The Indigo Mateo. I also have my wellness coaching page, which we'll talk more about that in these upcoming episodes. Uh, All Around Zen. I do have an Instagram page for that as well. Haven't been too active, but I will be here very, very soon. And then Facebook. I have, you can go in there, facebook.com backslash allaroundzen.com. You know, just like it sounds, all A-L-L, around, and then zen. And I will be putting together a website here very soon for this where, uh, I'll be having a little bit more content, previews, uh, so some different things that you could check out. Uh, also, I know not everybody is into social media, so and eventually I would like to run most of the content through there instead of all the various platforms uh, that are out there. So uh, find me on those. I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, I don't do Snapchat. I don't do TikTok. Uh, but find me again. I've got lots of virtual classes coming up that you can join in on Zoom. I'll be limiting the size of the classes so uh, it's it's not overloaded. I want to be able to take questions and be interactive with people as well. i uh, got those coming up. So, yeah, reach out to me. Uh, you'll see me post more about this. Thank you very much. Uh, f- feels good to finally get this episode out there and to just continue to get it to grow and help share it if you found it enjoyable. Thank you very much, you guys.